as you know, we are studying through the book of Exodus, and we're taking each chapter and making an application. I'm not able to apply everything that's in each of these chapters because God gives us so much wonderful material, but I'm trying to draw into at least one theme of the chapter that I can use to, to draw out some applications that will change your life immediately right now, make you a better Christian. And so today, we're going to be looking at uh, Exodus chapter 7. Here are five questions that I have pre-prepared. I guess that's redundant. Anyhow, I've prepared uh, for you to use as we travel through this lesson. And if you're part of the Restoration School of Biblical Studies, obviously these questions will be important to you because they'll be on the final test. Did you screenshot that so we can move on? All right, here we go. Here we go. Exodus chapter 7, when God hardens hearts. <clears throat> this is an interesting chapter because it not only refers to God being the one who hardens the heart, but it's also going to be used as an example in the New Testament in Romans chapter 9. And we're going to reference that in just a moment. But what, what exactly does that mean? That you can get to a point where God just keeps your heart hardened so there's no possible way that you could repent? Yeah, that can happen. Paul actually refers to as a seared conscience when you get to a point where you don't want to repent. You're not going to repent. Pharaoh evidently was in that condition. But I want to talk, we got five points to deal with with regards to when God hardens hearts, what happens? Okay. Uh, here's the, the text that is setting us up for this discussion. And the Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you like God to, to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron shall be your prophet. And so Pharaoh is the mission field. And Moses is, is kind of like God in that he's going to tell Aaron what to say. Aaron then will be the prophet, and he'll say it. Okay? Sorry, you shall... Oh, dear. My Siri went off. I did that, and my Siri went off on my phone. Can you believe it? All right. So, you shall speak all that I command you, and your brother Aaron shall tell Pharaoh to let the people of Israel go out of his hand, out of his hand, out of his land. But I will, I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and though I multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt, Pharaoh will not listen to you. And so, God says, eventually it's going to get to a point where I'm going to actually harden his heart. Now, that doesn't happen initially. You're going to see that in just a second. But he is going to get to a point where God says, I am done with you. Judgment is imminent on you and your people because of what you have decided. And I'm going to harden your heart. You're not going to be able to repent after this because you've already chosen your destiny. You will trap yourself in this destiny. Watch as this plays out. Five points that I want to show you. Here, of course, is that part of the passage that we're going to use as the launching pad for this lesson. But I want you to turn back now two chapters to chapter 5, and to see that prior to God hardening Pharaoh's heart, this is the condition that was taking place in Exodus chapter 5. Moses and Aaron went and they said to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. But Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and moreover I will not let Israel go. Notice that before God hardens Pharaoh's heart, Pharaoh still has the opportunity to make choices. He wasn't trapped. He could have, because God gave him all kinds of advantages, not the least of which is, in his heritage, if he just paid attention, he didn't have to go back that far in history, and he could have read about Joseph, and how that Joseph was used by this same God to bring about the deliverance of Egypt. But he doesn't do that. He says, I don't know the Lord. I don't know your God. Stubbornly refused to know the God of heaven. First thing I want you to notice here is that when God hardens hearts, Pharaoh 
was created to know. Understanding that when God hardens hearts, he doesn't do this just out of random chance. I like you, so you're going to get to go to heaven. You're going to hell. I don't care whether you want to repent or not. That's typically what Calvinists think, that we are trapped within a destiny without any possibility of you and I using any of our own initiative to receive the Savior. Even though Acts 17 says this, From one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of the land. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out to him and find him, though he's not far from any of us. Notice that God, he intentionally marks out where you'll be born and when you'll be born so that, so that you'll seek him. My first point is we need to recognize that Pharaoh was created to know. In fact, in a lot of ways, Pharaoh was more advantaged than you are as far as knowing God. You know why I can say that? Because Pharaoh had in his history the stories of God miraculously interpreting dreams and protecting the Egyptians from that great famine back during the days of Joseph. But he doesn't pay attention. He doesn't listen. He has intentionally forgotten to know. He's rejected the opportunity to know. I do not know the Lord, even though God put Pharaoh at a specific time and place so that he could know God, gave him the opportunity to know God, but he refused to know God. Number two, I want you to notice that he had no excuse for not knowing. Romans chapter 1 and verse 20, for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. Because of what has been made, we can know that there is a God. That's essentially the argument that Paul is making here. And so the second idea with regards to when God hardens the heart, number one, understand that Pharaoh was created so that he could know, and he was created so that he has no excuse for not knowing. Because just like you can stand in your backyard, well, maybe you, if you live in the city, you might not be able to do this, but I can do it every night. Now, I stand in my backyard, and I can look up, and almost every night I can see some star. Or, as has been recently here in the wintertime, I can see the stars. And I'm talking about everywhere. You can see them from Australia, Germany, South America, North America, Russia, all the way down at the, the southern part of Africa, the stars are the stars. You can see things grow. You can hear the birds chirp. All of these things point to the fact that there is a God. Pharaoh had that opportunity. Before God hardens his heart, you understand that Pharaoh was created to know, and he had no excuse for not knowing. Especially Pharaoh had no excuse for not knowing, given the, her given the heritage of this same God saving his nation years prior. So he had no excuse. Number three, understand that he ignored what he could have known. That he intentionally ignored what he could have known. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. The thing that we often, well, I don't know about we, Calvinists often run from with regards to this passage is that word confirm. Confirm. That requires action on your part. It requires effort on your part. 
Paul, Peter is saying here that you have the responsibility to confirm your election, your calling. God calls all of us. In a way, God has elected all of us. Because you could breathe and see a tree or hear the birds, you have been elected. Now, your election may not be as intense as my election or another person's election or Pharaoh's election because election just basically means favored by God. And believe me, Pharaoh was heavily favored by God. Not the least of which was the stories of Joseph in his, in, in his history that he should have read, he should have known. And he's got all of God's people that are round about them. Two, three million people, perhaps, that are all around about him. He should have known this God, but he didn't. He intentionally ignored what he could have known, meaning that he did not confirm. He intentionally refused to confirm the calling of God through nature, through the stories of Joseph, through all the people around about He intentionally ignored the calling. He intentionally ignored the opportunity to confirm his calling and to confirm his, his opportunities, his election. This all is before God hardens his heart. So before you go down the, the, the Calvinistic trail of God just kind of says randomly in the past, you get to go to heaven and you don't, understand that God has a, an approach to how he makes it, how he made those choices. And I, well, let's just go there. I want you to notice this passage with regards to it, but first of all, let's go with 2 Peter 3 and 9. Um, Pharaoh trapped himself by refer refusing to know. Understand that when God hardens hearts, it's because they hardened themselves originally. They are the ones who went down the path of rejecting and refusing God. Pharaoh trapped himself by not watching. The Lord is not slow concerning uh, his promise that some count slows, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, even Pharaoh. Even Judas, not wishing that any should perish, but that all, even Pharaoh, even Judas, should come to repentance. That's God's desire. That's God's wish. However, for those whom he foreknew, he predestined. God knows more than you and I. He knows the future. He could look into the future and he could recognize that the Pharaohs, the Judases, of the human timeline, we're never going to accept him. No matter how many opportunities they were given, they were always going to make the free will choice to reject God. And so God, understanding that, allows them to trap themselves in a predestined moment. Pharaoh chose hell. Judas chose hell. Every person who ends up in hell chose hell. And God, knowing that their stubborn will would never, ever give in to his summons, his calling, he allows them to experience that which they have trapped themselves into. Lastly, I want you to notice that he was used by God for refusing to know. Because God recognized that Pharaoh, Judas, and others because God recognized their pattern of life that would never change. He looks into the future and he says, They'll never, they're never going to choose me. No matter what I do, they are always going to have that stubborn refusal of me. Because of that, God uses them. And that, I believe, is what is being referred to in Romans chapter 9. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, notice that's our same guy, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, 
For this very purpose, I have raised you up that I might show my power in you. I knew, Pharaoh, that I, you were going to come along, that you would eventually ascend to the throne, that you would, in your arrogance, in your pompous power, that you would refuse to remember me. I knew that. And so I allowed, I raised you up. I allowed the timeline to continue, your free will choices to, to continue, so that I could use that moment to bring judgment upon Egypt. So then, he has mercy on whom he wills, and he hardens whomever he wills, because of this. God hardens because of these things. Not because he just randomly says, I don't think I'm, I'm going to create a, a Pharaoh who I can hate upon. I'm going to create a Pharaoh who I can dangle over the pit of hell until I can clip the, the, the wings and there down he goes. I'm just going to... No. God gave Pharaoh the opportunities, the free will opportunities, but God, looking into the future, recognized that he was not going to take advantage of those free will opportunities to submit to God. And so God said, okay, I'm going to use that moment, just like he used Judas. Oh, who are you, old man, to answer back to God? Will what is molded say to its molder, why have you made me like this? Has the potter no right over the clay? to make out of the same lump one vessel for honorable use and another for dishonorable use? Obviously he does. The question is, what goes into God's decision-making process as to whether to design that lump for honorable use or dishonorable use? I'll tell you what goes into the God's process, this right here. We are all created to know. We have no excuse for not knowing. But we have often ignored what we could have known. In that process, we trap ourselves because we refuse to know. And God will use, even in our situation, our stubborn refusal, He will use in our situation that opportunity to bring judgment upon maybe our family, maybe upon the nation, whatever it may be. The key is to make sure that you don't harden your own heart first. Because God's not going to harden a heart that truly wants to come to Him. He looks into the future, and He sees by foreknowledge the free will choices that we are going to make. <clears throat> Some of us are going to humble ourselves and come to Him. And God will honor that. Most of us, are going to be, we're going to succumb to the, the temptations around about us, and we're going to harden our hearts toward God, and eventually God says, okay, enough's enough. And so, as with Pharaoh, so with you. If you refuse, there comes a point at which God will refuse to allow you to repent, because he knows it's hopeless. You've already had your opportunity. You've been given all the advantages. And again, <clears throat> if you grew up in a third world country, no clean water, one halfway decent meal a day, total poverty, yet you can look up at night and see the stars, you are without excuse. There has never been a person ever created who is or has an excuse before God. You have the opportunity. Don't harden your heart because there comes a time at which God says, all right, I'm done with you. And he will use you as an example of judgment 
so that others who potentially will succumb to his leadership, they will see, I don't want to go through that kind of judgment. When God hardens hearts, he does so because we have already hardened our own. Here are the five questions that we tried to cover during that lesson. As you can see, the freeze, what's the first application made to this lesson? You, you don't need, I'm going to give you all the answers, okay? You paying attention? Right there. There they are. These are the answers, the five answers to the five questions on your final test.